Welcome to this podcast where we think about how we think about answering pharmacy questions. This time I want to talk about collaborative decision making. One of the things we often do when we're new into an area is think that because we don't know everything we can't contribute anything. We're going to try to show that this isn't true and that the knowledge and skills you do have even at the start of your career is sufficient to make a contribution. The theme through this is that you don't need to know everything to be of any use you're not the only one involved in the decision-making process. So let's start. We're going to make the scenario truly horrific. Be warned. So the scenario is that a registrar, which is scary, it's not your normal F1 or F2, calls from neonates <laughs> with a question about a neonate with unresolving hypoglycemia and they want to start diazoxide and chlorothiazide and a glucagon infusion. What? On the recommendation of Manchester, so this is so complicated, we're calling in other experts. And they want to know how to do this, given that they've only got one long line, which they're already running TPN down. So on top of all of this is IV compatibility as well. What's your advice? So as the title of this podcast suggests, this is about collaborative decision making. So it's going to be the two of you, you and the registrar, working together to work stuff out. It isn't going to be an act of solitary genius who knows all the answers to everything. You're not on your own. So as with everything, I find having a structure is really helpful. Approaching things in the same way each time means that you don't spend your mental effort managing a new process, so then you can concentrate your efforts on the truly novel bits of the problem. So for this scenario, where you're making a decision with someone else, it's worth thinking about what's the overall problem you're trying to solve, and then what's the bit of the problem that you're the expert in. So first things first, we need to work out what the problem actually is. If you're talking to someone with a very different background to you, e.g. a neonatal registrar, you're going to get a lot of information you don't need and they'll miss stuff that they assume you know. So you need to control the conversation a bit. They won't mind. They've come to you for help because they know you're more expert in pharmacy things than them. So they're expecting you to ask questions. It'd be weird if you didn't. So after some discussion, the overall problem was that they needed to set up a glucagon infusion and run it at the same time as the TPN, given they only have a single lumen long line and no other access. The diazoxide chlorothiazide thing was just background noise. It was happening, but it had already been sorted. So this is a one-line multiple drugs question. So our expert area is compatibility. Can you run glucagon with TPN? IV administration. If we get more access, could we run glucagon peripherally? And a dose calculation check. Is the dose recommended from Manchester the right one? So the dose and calculation check is probably the easiest one to solve, so we can box that one off right away. The dose is in the BNF for children, and maths is one of pharmacy's strong points. As an aside, for neonatal maths, my two golden rules are get someone else to do the calculation completely independently to you, either the nurse or the registrar, and just compare the answers, not the methods, so that you're sure you're not just copying their mistakes. And then also always, always, always work in per kilogram right until the end. Doses are invariably round numbers per kilogram, so it's so much easier to work with, for example, 10 milligrams per kilogram through the calculations and factor in the 832 grams of weight at the end if you have to, rather than factor it in at the start and have to do all the maths with 8.32 milligrams. So the dose and calculation check is an easy win. And we've confirmed that they'll be making up an infusion and running it at 0.2 mils an hour. 
we can now put our thoughts to the next problem, how to get that into the baby. So the baby has only one long line and TPN is running down that. We've done our quick research and from our resources found that glucagon has an osmolality of 300 milliosmoles per litre, which feels comfy. Remember isotonic is 300 milliosmoles per litre and the limit for routine peripheral administration is 600. And if you forget, you can look up normal saline, which you know is isotonic. But it does have a pH of 2 to 3, which feels a bit tingly. It also precipitates out with calcium and it shouldn't be infused with other medicines. The registrar would ideally like to put the glucagon on the same line as the TPN, as they don't really want to put more lines in. We'd ideally like to have another central line for the glucagon. Clearly, neither of us will get everything that we want. Putting it with the TPN is a no, because of the precipitation risk. Getting another central line is also a no, as that's a surgical procedure, and they need the glucagon now. So the key bit of collaborative decision-making is how do you make the compromises needed to get an acceptable answer for everyone? So the things to think about here are, what are your, their red lines? What are you, they, not able to compromise on? And for the greyer areas, what needs to happen for people to be happy? What's your safety net? So the registrar is not just going to be able to put in another long line in the required time frame. However, you're not happy to use the TPN line for the glucagon. Would a peripheral line be acceptable? The registrar is fairly happy with this. Although they prefer not to, it's not a complicated procedure and they can do it quite quickly. Are we happy with this? The pH is the bit that's a bit niggly, but are we going to get a better solution? This brings in the concept of satisficing. In the world of medicines optimization, this doesn't sound like the right thing, but in practice, we're often looking for a good enough solution that you can put into action now, rather than a theoretical perfect solution. Is the peripheral line solution good enough? Can we make it good enough? This is your safety netting of the process. What might be the problems with this solution? The obvious one is the irritation that the low pH might cause. How can we reduce that? This is the standard, as big a vein as possible, monitor the site thing. It isn't different for a neonate. Do we actually know what this means? Could we say what a big vein looks like or what to monitor for in a neonate? Probably not. But again, we don't need to, as there are other experts out there. The registrar or the nurse will have done this thing many times before and know what they're doing. It's probably your responsibility to check that they're comfortable, but don't try to be an expert in everything. Admitting that you don't know things outside of your area of expertise won't make them doubt your advice and put them off ringing you again, which is demonstrated clearly by the nurse calling back two hours later. The infusion isn't running because the volume's too small. They need to piggyback it onto another fluid to pull it through whilst not overloading with sodium. What can they do? Again, there's so much here that you're not an expert in. The sodium requirements for a neonate, the rate to run a piggybacking fluid at, maybe even what piggybacking is. But you've got the experts right there at the end of the phone. So you just need to be an expert in the pharmacy bits and look at compatibility and how much sodium is in different fluids. So have a look in a book and have a look at the bag. This is much comfier. So reviewing what we've done, what does the decision-making process actually look like? So the registrar or nurse has said that the baby needs a glucagon infusion and we've checked the dose and calculation. They've then said that the baby only has one line with TPN on and we've said that glucagon can't run with the TPN and ideally should run centrally because of its pH. They've then said that they can't put another central line in but they could put in a peripheral line and we've then said well if you're using that peripheral line you need to use as big a vein as possible and monitor for irritation. Coming on to their second question 
They've then brought that the infusion isn't running and needs to be piggybacked onto another fluid. We can then say what's compatible with glucagon. They can then say what acceptable limits of sodium are for the baby. We can then tell them how much sodium are in the different bags and then they can decide whether that's acceptable for this baby. So breaking it down in this way, what we've done is a dose and calculation check, compatibility of glucagon with PN and told someone about the pH and we've advised what monitoring they need to do if they're giving it peripherally. We've then checked compatibility of glucagon with saline or glucose, and we've told them how much sodium is in saline. And that's all we've brought. But tabulating it this way hopefully shows a couple of important things. Firstly, the contribution to the decisions are spread between different people. No one person would have made as good a decision on their own. Secondly, the contributions that you've made are hopefully fairly comfortable. If you remove the noise about being a neonate, they're core pharmacy knowledge and maths. So this brings us to the take-home messages from this podcast. In collaborative decision-making, everyone contributes their expertise to make a better overall decision. You don't need to be an expert in everything. You've got other experts around you, so you just need to bring the stuff you're expert in already. And following from this, when you get a horrific call like this, so if neonates call... Don't panic. You don't need to be a neonatal pharmacist to make a meaningful contribution because you have an expert in the neonatal bit at the end of the phone. So you just bring the pharmacy stuff. And it's not complicated pharmacy stuff. It just sounded like it. But actually, when you look back, we only looked at the BNF for children, an IV compatibility resource, and the actual bag of saline. And yet we've managed to fix the initially horrendous sounding problem. And that's it. So hopefully that was useful, and we'll see you next time.